Hi, and welcome to the Brook Tot. <laughs> I'm very excited, and this honestly is way long overdue. I've been talking about doing this forever, and this is the Fun Employed Girl podcast, and I'm your host, Brooke Todd. Um, yeah, the reason I call myself Fun Employed initially started when I got laid off, you know, during 2020. We all know what happened then, and it was the first time I found myself in that position and it was the biggest blessing in disguise I had six months off from work and I had fun and I just started living life and adventuring more and that's why and like that's why I've kept the name is because I just genuinely just want to have as much fucking fun every single day for as long as I possibly can, for as long as I'm on this planet. Um, Because life is too short, man. And yeah, and this is also in honor of my aunt who passed away in 2022. Um, You know, she really taught me a lot about life and a lot about uh, having a good attitude. I mean, you know, she wasn't perfect, like nobody, but she knew how to have fun, and she took care of me and my siblings when our parents were getting a divorce when we were young, and I'm three months younger than my cousin. She had two boys, and um, I was a daughter she never had, and I was really close with her, and she was diagnosed with cancer and died 10 days later. And to be honest, it was the wake-up call that I needed to continue going after my dreams and to live life to the fullest because we, uh, we never know when it's going to end, you know, and bless my grandmother's heart, but her perspective was, um, my aunt had a lot of health problems and she was diagnosed with cancer with uh, type 1 diabetes when she was a little girl and you know back then when where medicine was the doctors were like good luck making it to 40 and she was 63 when she died and um, my grandmother was like she got 23 bonus years and although she was sick she knew how to have fun Um, some of my fondest memories (laughs) were going go-karting with her when I was a kid or playing um playing cards we used to play 45s or four fives whatever the game's called and um and my uncle was a very smart businessman and he also was a little kid at heart and then had pockets of a (laughs) had some deep pockets and you know he he loved to play and I grew up over there at their house playing on the four wheelers or the snowmobiles and now he you know he invested in real estate and grew his money and 
he has a boat and like all these fun things but like I mean you wouldn't know it and it's not it's not to like brag or anything about my uncle's success but it's just like you know like what's important in life and um I in my 20s I you know felt really lost and scared and confused and just felt like I was spiraling and didn't feel like I was having any fun and it's just so interesting to me that you know when kids (laughs) when there are kids around the full focus is making sure that they have a good time and why is adults like why why does that stop and I don't believe that work and fun need to be mutually exclusive. And, like, why does money need to be this, like, stressful thing? And, like, why do we need to work our whole life to save money and then hopes that we can retire and enjoy it? And, you know, in life, when you talk to your elders, it's always about their regrets are what they didn't do, not what they did do. And I've definitely taken an unconventional path, (laughs) but it's my path. And I don't need to compare myself to other people because that's not my journey. That's not the journey I was supposed to take. And for a long time, I used to feel shame or guilt or feel like I was behind in life. And but the truth is, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) and you're exactly where you're supposed to be because this is your journey in your life and you know it's kind of like hiking a mountain you know like you start going start getting out of breath (laughs) you're like man this is kind of getting hard or and then you know you take a turn and you're like ooh, that path feels a little scary like maybe I don't want to go down that way And then someone, you know, previous hiker leaves the kerns or whatever they're called, the little markers to signal that you took a wrong turn. And it's like, okay, let's let's backtrack and go up this way. And, you know, sometimes a boulder will fall and fall in your path and you got to reroute. Or, you know, maybe you need to learn to do some bushwhacking or maybe you need to go back down and then go back up another way. And that's, you know, that's life, man. Like, as corny as it is, it really is about the journey and not the destination. And I have journeyed throughout this country. I grew up in a small town. Well, I guess it's a small city, technically. It was 20,000 people on the North Shore of Boston on a coastal town. And I lived there till I was 21. And then I had a friend that planted this seed of adventure into my brain and was like, He would go out to the Salt Lake City and live on the mountains and do the ski bum thing for the winter and then come back to New England for the summer. And he was like, I just remember I have this like very vivid memory of sitting in his kitchen and him just going on about his adventures and what it's like out west. And I was like, wow, like that sounds so cool. And he was like, dude, you would love it out west. Like, I could totally see you out there. And literally that night, I went home and Googled my major. At the time, I was I wanted to be in 
registered dietitianist. That was what I thought my life path was. And I Google it and I happened upon Colorado State University and it was the first school that popped up. And I just started looking at the town and, or I guess the city. And I was just like, man, I could totally see myself living there. And I just printed out a picture, put it on my vision board. And I was dead set that that's where I was going to go. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know, you know, I just, I didn't know how it was going to go, but I knew that I wanted to go and live there and experience it. And it was funny because I had friends or family be like, what if you don't like it? I was like, guess what? I can move back. You know, like it's not a permanent decision. And I, you know, again, I would rather try it and not like it than wish I did it and never and live with that regret. And so I applied and didn't tell anybody, (laughs) actually. Um, And I still remember the day I got in and I was just like, holy shit, it's happening. Like I'm going. And that was the best experience of my life. I mean, at that point. And I was 21 and had only been to you know all of new england and then florida like we that's pretty much it i didn't go anywhere else and i didn't know what it was like out west and i still remember (laughs) driving up uh i-25 from denver airport up to fort collins colorado and just seeing flat land and then looking to the left and seeing the Rocky Mountains for the first time. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this is incredible. And then driving through the town and seeing a guy walking a llama on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, this is so foreign and so different from how I grew up. And I was just like, okay, like, buckle up, girlfriend. Like, you signed up for this. Like, let's go. And that year, I met some incredible people. And my worldview started expanding. And I started learning how other people grew up and how they were raised. And, you know, it just blew my mind, really. And, um... And then I ended up living there for five years and, you know, it turns out school wasn't my path and I joined the workforce and I became a operations and merchandising manager for a big retailer. I then was no longer having fun doing that and became an insurance agent because I thought people was the problem and I got to sit in an office and work day shift and kind of work do my own thing and well it turns out that wasn't very fun either (laughs) because people only call you with problems when you're an insurance agent and you generally get to be the one to tell them hey sorry that's not covered um and then I became a business consultant for a small company because I just wanted to use my skills for good and I thought big corporations were the problem and it was actually a Filipino family that immigrated 
and they would, you know, take care of their family back in the Philippines, and they really shaped my worldview, and I just remember they were just so happy, and I just remember asking Terry and Miriam were their names, and I was just like, how are you, like, like, you're just always, like, always smiling, always happy, no matter what, and I, and their answer was really intriguing to me. And they're like, you know, <laughs> you Americans are kind of silly because in the Philippines, you know, we're like actually worried about like, you know, surviving and, you know, how are we going to feed our family and like what real poverty is. And she was like, we're genuinely just happy to be here and that we get to, you know, earn a living and not only that, but help their family back in the islands and take care of them. And I was just like, wow. Like, and that really started to shape me and, and help me, you know, be a more positive person. And that's when I started getting into personal development and obsessing really over, you know, the mind. And I kind of have this theory and I mean, it's not just mine, but you know, previous generations have figured out shelter, food, where, you know, for the most part, humanity doesn't really have to worry about that. And I really feel like it's my generation and younger generations to figure out the brain and, you know, to work on our mental health, to talk about things like nervous system regulation and breaking generational traumas that no longer serve us, that have been passed down um, through fault, really faulty programming. And, you know, we all have a very smart computer up here, but we need to upgrade the system and we need to pull out the viruses and the malware that don't serve us in today's world. <sighs> and um, and so at this time, I was kind of spiraling, and uh, I decided to move back home and kind of be around family again and just kind of, like, reset and regroup. And uh, I went back to the New England area, and it no longer resonated with me. It no longer was the right environment for me. Like, yeah, that's where I grew up, and that's where I'm from, but... I just didn't feel alive and I just felt like my soul was being crushed and I just wasn't having fun <laughs> and I don't believe we're put on this planet to work our asses off and just pay bills and then die and hope that you have enough time to retire enough energy and money to live. I want to live now because I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to wake up next week. Yeah, I hope I do. You know, I have a couple of grandparents that are still kicking it and they're 93, soon to be 94. So I got some good genes, but I also had an aunt that passed away at 63. I also know kids that I went to high school and college with that are no longer here. And... I truly am grateful for every day. You know, I have my moments. I'm human. And, you know, that's what life's about is feeling our feelings. But also remembering how magical this planet is. And 
I hope that I get to see as much of it as I possibly fucking can. (laughs) I want to eat my way through every culture. I want to see as many countries and places I can go. And I just have this insatiable thirst for exploration and adventure and challenging myself and growing and developing into what kind of woman can I be? Like, who can Brooke Todd be? Well, I can be whatever the fuck I want as long as I (laughs) work on my limiting beliefs and pull out those malware and faulty programming that no longer serve me. And that all started with actually going up to uh, Aruba. I found myself in a place of desperation and knowing that I needed help but didn't know where to go where to begin and talk therapy wasn't really doing it for me like I needed something more and you know there's nothing wrong with talk therapy I'm not but you know there's so many healing modalities and ways and different tools that can help you and I remember listening to a podcast. Her name is uh, Rachel Brathen. She goes by Yoga Girl on Instagram, and her podcast is Heal the Heart. And she was talking about this uh, healing retreat that she went on. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I need that. Like, I, I need it. And she ended up posting that she was going to host her own retreat and included a facilitator from that retreat that she went on and infuse it with yoga. And I was like, I got to go. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I got to go. And, you know, I went and it was 10 days. (laughs) It was super fucking intense. And I used to only say that it was just like a yoga thing because I felt weird talking about it, to be completely honest, because uh, a lot of people are like, okay, like, what kind of witchcraft are you trying to practice? And it completely changed my life. It was 50 women from around the world. And ironically, I had three connections with three of the women there. One girl uh, was good friends with someone that I went to high school with. Another girl, I was good friends with someone that she went to high school with. (laughs) And then the third girl, I was moving to Salt Lake City after this retreat and was going to be living like a block away from her. And I just thought that was really cool. I was like, and if you've met me, you know, I'm like, oh my God, it's a side oh my god it's another side (laughs) and I just love getting synchronicities and signs from you know whoever's up there god source universe you know whoever whatever word doesn't trigger you (laughs) um but I mean you can't look at this planet and not think that there's something bigger than us and that we're all like connected somehow so anyways go on this retreat and it's intense like basically it was like 10 hour days like like 7 or 12 hour days even like we'd start with morning yoga and then 
we would do moments of like straight up active listening where someone just shares and you're listening and you're and you're not we weren't allowed to react like no shaking your head nodding no responding um because we were taught that it actually ends up cutting off their train of thought and um I need to actually reach out to some of the girls and ask them what the uh different meditations we did um but I did breath work for the first time and I hallucinated (laughs) and I had never done psychedelics before at that point and I was like oh my god I think I just hallucinated and then um I did some psychedelics and yeah I fucking was hallucinating just from doing breath work and for me I I want to say it's a kundalini meditation but honestly I'm not really sure if that's if that's what it was called but essentially it was this meditation um with four four songs uh the first song we like started uh I think we started with breath work um and then the second song we started shaking kind of like building the energy and the momentum and mind you there's 50 women in a giant yoga room with some facilitators and we're all blindfolded and so that we don't get embarrassed and just kind of you know focus on ourselves and then the second song or the third song was when you just let whatever you've suppressed deep down inside of you out and your girl had a lot of anger (laughs) a lot of suppressed anger and I was given a yoga bolster, which is like a hard pillow, a long oval shaped pillow. And I beat the living shit out of this thing (laughs) to the point where my arms were burning and gave out. And then I got on my butt and started like stomping it with my feet. And I couldn't stop. Like, then the last song was, you know, kind of where you, like, integrate it and kind of slow down. And um, and one of the facilitators had to come over and just hold me and just help me co-regulate now that I've learned some things um, and bring me back. And it was one of the most cathartic experiences I've ever had. And... Yeah, so we did ex- we did a bunch of stuff like that, and you know, we had moments of silence. We had, um, or not just moments, like an hour or two, where we just, just really listen, and we weren't allowed to talk. Um, yeah, it was it was intense, but it was everything that I needed to start cracking me open, and start reprogramming myself, and reconditioning myself that I'm safe and that it's okay you know there's no lion out to get me like I don't need to be scared (laughs) I can I can protect myself and um and I just built some incredible connections with these women and um something I'll never forget and so yeah so right after that I ended up moving to Salt Lake City and that's when I realized I turned to the service industry because 
I just needed to clock in and clock out and I needed to focus on my mental health and my physical health. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself and I had a lot of fears, you know, going into the service industry. I felt like I was going to be judged like, oh, like what's wrong with Brooke? Like, why would she become a server when she, I think I was 28 or something you know, and, you know, you're supposed to have your life figured out in the whole Forbes 30 under 30. No, bitch, I needed to fucking live life and take care of me again and remember what's important. And, um, turns out that was the greatest decision of my life. And I needed that time. I, I've spent the last, uh, four, five years, five years, uh, serving the general public and I figured out a way to make it fun like I started having fun again and I you know it built my confidence back up I learned how to talk to people and carry a conversation with a complete stranger and have them leaving feeling like a good friend or better yet a family member a new family member I expanded my worldview I was taught I Look, my name is Brooke, and I would always joke that my parents name me right because I definitely have the gift of the gab, <laughs> and I babble like a brook. That was one of the jokes I had, and um, I have talked to, no joke, probably a couple of hundred thousand people, and I'm 32 at this point, soon to be 33, and my most favorite serving job that I had was working at the Salt Lake City Airport at a brewery. And I literally would talk to four to 500 people every shift. Can you imagine? And, you know, you don't really get repeat customers, like, unless, you know, they're a flight attendant or, you know, someone that flies for business on a regular basis, which I did have some of those. But it was so fun to me. And... And that, that job also trained me to have compassion for people because you, you just don't know what people are going through. And it was a really intense work environment. You know, you're inside an airport. It was post, you know, 2020. And tensions were high. And a lot of people were scared and had unregulated nervous systems. And I really learned to... I basically would look at it like everyone was having their worst day and pretended like they found out that a family member just died or something. And that gave me an ability to have compassion for everybody, no matter what they were going through. And, you know, people would ask me all the time, like, how are you still smiling? And how how are you having so much fun doing this I was like because it's a fucking choice man and like no one's putting a gun to my head and making me do this like I'm choosing to be here so guess what I'm gonna have a good fucking time (laughs) and you know there is a point where I was working the morning shift and I would have to be parked shuttled through airport security and serving people at 5.15 in the morning. I would get up at 3 and have my coffee at home 
and meditate and have my moment of peace so that I could show up as my best self and serve my guests and make sure that they had a good experience and that I could deliver and that I wasn't going to let outside circumstances affect me. And it was a really powerful experience and just really shaped me and helped expand my worldview. And honestly, I fell in love with humanity. I know that sounds corny, but if you've ever met me or we've passed cross, like, I love to meet people. I love to meet strangers. I think it's so fun learning how other people have lived or what life experience or wisdom they have to share and how they live. And it was because I lived in the hospitality industry that I then was able to make all these crazy moves. I lived in Salt Lake City for two years. And then my friend was like, and I just, you know, I st- it wasn't the right environment for me. And I didn't, I wasn't really meeting the people that I envisioned myself meeting. And my friend was like, hey, I'm moving back to Colorado. You want to move with me? I was like, sure. So I moved to Colorado for a summer. Well, it turns out that, you know, that was Old Brook that wanted to live there. And I felt like I had unfinished business and felt like I needed to prove something. And it just wasn't the same. And I moved for the wrong reasons. And then I found myself needing to move pretty abruptly and uh, was thinking of doing this the uh, ski bum thing up at a resort. But I have a cat. Her name is Olivia. She's the best. And that made housing like a little tricky. And I also was tired of moving and would have to move again in the spring after the season was over. And I was like, I just, I can't. And um, I found myself working for a company, a restaurant that was a chain and had a lot of locations in Austin, Texas. And my boss used to live there and that seed was planted in me. And I was like, hmm. I wonder if I'd like it in Austin, Texas. I'd never been to Texas. And I always used to joke that living in Utah was like if Colorado and Texas had a baby, beat Utah. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I was like, hey, do you think I would like it there? And she was like, actually, yeah, I think you'd vibe there. And I was like, all right, dope. I was, and I found an apartment, got it, and told her, I was like, okay, I'm transferring. And I moved there six weeks later. <laughs> and well, Turns out Austin, Texas wasn't for me because your girl fell in love with the mountains in Colorado and Utah and it's a little flat there. But I learned that I enjoy being outside all year round and I was kind of cool without having snowy winters and I was like, yeah, like, let's go for it. So I was there and was like, okay, well... I missed the mountains and then I was like okay I think I'm gonna move to Arizona and was recruited by a manager to work at a restaurant and that restaurant had locations in Arizona and I was like dope I was like hey you still want me to work for you and he was like yeah and I was like okay cool uh I want to work there so that I can transfer and move to Arizona and he was like okay And so I did, and uh, I really thought I was going to plant seeds in Arizona, 
and you know I only lived in Texas for a year and telling my family I'm moving to Arizona and they're like she okay like what's going on like why are you moving again and I was like I just I just need to figure out me I just need to do me and so I did it and right before I moved that's when my aunt passed away and you know Arizona was where I grieved her and found myself you know really asking myself some tough questions like why am I still in the service industry? Why am I not making growth happen anymore? You know, like what, what's holding me back? And why am I not playing big? And why am I keep playing small and staying comfortable in the service industry? And I, you know, took the time to like slow down and just like develop some good routines and just be outside and then my college roomie shout out caitlin from uh oahu hawaii uh sent me an invitation to her wedding and i had never been to hawaii before and i had always wanted to come out here but just life circumstances and what i was going through just it just never aligned and just never happened and uh, now I was presented with the opportunity to come to her wedding. And I, you know, came and spent four days out here in June of 2023. And I had the time of my fucking life. And I still remember my first day coming to what I stayed in Waikiki and... I was floating at Fort Jurassic Beach, which is the beach right outside the Hilton Hawaiian Village, and was looking up at Diamond Head and was like, holy shit, like, I can't believe this place exists. Like, this is it. This is, this is where I want to live. And yeah, like easy to say, like it's fucking paradise, but it's not just that. It's everything that I love about life. I grew up on the ocean. I fell in love with the mountains. You get both of those here. You, the weather here is pretty much perfect every single day. And I love to be outside. And, and it was funny because every server that I had that weekend was like, you should move here. You would love it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't say that. Because I'm crazy enough to do it. And I think my family will want to fucking institutionalize me if I'm like, guess what? <laughs> you remember how I was t- telling you how happy I was in Arizona? Well, jokes on me and all of us. I'm moving to Hawaii. And... It was the morning after her wedding, and I got myself an acai bowl and was hanging out at the beach by myself and was walking to throw it away, and I walked by these two older guys uh, who were setting up beach tennis. Yes, I said that right, beach tennis. Um, It's like pickleball, volleyball, and tennis had a baby, be beach tennis, super fun look it up and 
they're like, hey, you want to play? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. And, you know, that's what I, I love to have fun. And so I started playing with them and just, you know, talking about life, sharing stories. And one of the guys is an ex-professional tennis player. And he's lived all over. And he was just like, this is the best place in the world to live. Like, it's so fun. Like, there's always stuff going on, blah, 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 blah. And then the other guy um, was living in California and his wife has Hawaiian roots and she came home from work one day and was like, I want to move to Hawaii. And he was like, okay. And they moved here and they lived here for a year. And he was like, it was the best decision of my life. Like I freaking love it here. And then Mark (laughs) ended up asking me, so, uh, when's your lease up? And I was like, November. He's like, what about your car? I was like, oh, actually, I leased that, too, and that's up in December. He was like, sounds like you're going to get rid of everything and move here. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. No. (laughs) I'm tired. I don't want to move again. And then I was sitting in a park journaling and just was like, I could actually see myself living here. And just having fun, enjoying life, enjoying the simple things, you know, like packing a lunch and going to the beach and watching sunset or going down to the beach and meeting new people and playing some volleyball or joining an acro yoga community or the fire spinning or getting invited to a friend's camp out and going to the North Shore and going camping. And then I was at breakfast the morning before my flight home to Arizona. And I was talking to this family, this couple next to me, and I was just like journaling. And I was like, yeah, I'm just like contemplating if I should move to Hawaii. And the guy was like, do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat if I could. And I was like, okay. And then on my flight home, we had to make a medical emergency landing in Los Angeles. And thankfully, we were only 30 minutes from the airport. And, uh, you know, it was like out of a movie. The flight attendant makes the announcement, is there a medical professional on board? And this older gentleman collapsed in the bathroom And he was traveling with his daughter and grandson. And, you know, she's losing it. And she's like, somebody help him. And it was, you know, it's really scary. And I'm (laughs) also something about me is if I'm over a seven or below a three on the emotional scale of one to ten, I'm crying. (laughs) Some may say it's the cancer moon or the cancer rising in me. Or my Italian roots of being emotional. I'm also Irish. Uh, So, I don't know. Whatever you want to attribute it to. I'm an emotional gal, okay? And I'm not afraid to feel my feelings. Especially publicly. (laughs) I have cried a lot in public because I'm too happy or too sad. Anyways, we digress. And I'm just like, you know, crying and talking to the, the couple next to me. And I was sitting next to a husband. He was in the middle. And then the wife on the window. And uh, he was like, I know it's scary. He's like, you know, and then he just started calming me down. And he used, he's retired and he used to be um, 
uh, an ambulance, a paramedic on an ambulance. And he was like, you know, I still remember my first call. And just, you know, he's like, you know, you just got to live. Life is too short. Life is, you know, too many of us spend too much time just, you know, stressing about things that don't really matter at the end of the day. And I was like, that's it. I'm fucking moving to Hawaii. And it was June. (laughs) My lease was up in November. (laughs) And um, at this time, I also started getting really deep into my spiritual practice and connecting with my aunt and asking her for signs. Um, If anybody has lost somebody, which is pretty much everyone in this world, um, great book called Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson, highly recommend, um, teaches you how to develop connection with your angels in heaven. And I started asking her for signs. And one of the first signs I got from her, which was absolutely mind blowing, I was driving home from the store and my apartment was just up on the right and I was in the right-hand lane, get the impulse to go into the middle lane, didn't make sense, but I was like, whatever. So I did, and the car that was in front of the car in front of me that was taking a right-hand turn so I would not have seen it had I not gotten over, the license plate said Mrs. Gray with a heart on the window. And her name was Jennifer Gray. And then (laughs) before I was coming out to Hawaii... I saw that license plate again and this was months apart and then before I moved here after I decided I was going to move here you know I was asking for her guidance and protection and to help me and I was writing (laughs) a love letter to her and saying that I could feel her with me and that I hope she's proud of me and that she's adventuring with me through this life that she didn't get to do. And I wrote this letter. (laughs) Then I go to work and my first table of the night (laughs) is uh, two couples. And one couple is from Oahu (laughs) And the other couple was from Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. And I was like, and then of course I run to everybody because I can't, like, I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> and I go to my boss. I was like, oh my God, it's another sign. I'm supposed to move to Hawaii, blah, 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 blah. He's like, wait, you're from Massachusetts? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, how have we not talked about this? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, my mom's side of the family, the Gray family's from Massachusetts. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me? And yeah, so that's how I ended up moving to Hawaii. And I moved here in November and it is currently end of February. So it's been, you know, four months and the synchronicities and alignment that has happened and 
the growth that I've felt in these past four months and just really blooming and blossoming as a human and feeling like my best self and I'm just having so much fun (laughs) and you know I, I met this couple from Maui before I came out here and I was like hey do you have any advice for me before I move and he was like you know just do as the locals do and remember everyone is your auntie and your uncle and if you need help just ask for it and his words couldn't have been truer and I have since been adopted (laughs) by so many aunties and uncles and it has been honestly incredible and I don't take any day for granted here and I'm just so in love with the nature and I just love going to the local beach park on the weekends and seeing all the families just barbecue and just enjoying the simple life and you know the sense of community and the aloha spirit and how people really look out for each other here and you know I feel like a lot of that's kind of missing on the mainland I mean I grew up with that on my small town you know I grew up on a small cul-de-sac where we um would knock on our neighbor's door and walk in and be like you home (laughs) you know and now I have that here and I'm playing and I'm just having fun and enjoying life and experiencing as much of this magic as I can. And I also have always wanted to go to Australia and New Zealand and Asia, specifically Southeast Asia, and, you know, go to Japan, Vietnam, Philippines, China, like, and just eat my way through all the cultures. And, you know, obviously this used to be not part of America, but it really is like living in another country out here. And it's helping me grow and learn more about life and just all the uncles that I sit with at the beach park and, you know, talk story and listen to their wisdom and what's important in life. And it's just been really beautiful. And I'm just honestly just like really fucking grateful to be here and uh you know like last night I was talking I went to the Waikiki fireworks that happen every Friday night and sat down and was just talking to this couple next to me and just sharing life stories and you know she was asking me about my life she's like man you're doing it right and I was like thanks because sometimes I feel a little crazy <laughs> she's like no She's like, look, see my cane? I need this to help me walk. After this vacation, I'm going home, and I I have to have a hip replacement. And hopefully, you know, it will alleviate some of the pain. She's like, you know, I, I chose my life, but, you know, I chose to take care of my kids and have a family. And, you know, now I don't know how much of the world I'm, I get to explore And I don't know how much time I'm going to have here. She's like, do it. 
go after your dreams and share your story because I was telling her I've wanted to do a podcast but I was over fucking thinking it (laughs) and making it way too complicated like "Mm, I I need to work on my communication skills Mm, I need to read this book uh I need to plan everything out no 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 I don't need any of those things I just need to start I just need to share from the heart and just start take action I can take action every other way in my life but for whatever reason was feeling imposter syndrome or like nobody cares or no one's gonna want to listen well it doesn't matter if anybody listens like honestly like this is for me if anything it I like to share stories and hopefully you know you'll get out there and go after life after listening this or start making, you know, different choices that are fun to you. Allow, so I guess that's where we'll wrap it up today. But, you know, life's too short, man. Go for it. Experience this world. You know, it's a big playground. And trust me, People aren't that scary. Shut the news off. Don't let the fear-mongering discourage you from exploring. You know, I'm not saying put yourself in dangerous situations, but, you know, expand your worldview, man. Don't be so narrow-minded. It's a big, big, beautiful world. And it's fun out here. It's so fun. And there's so much food to try. (laughs) And there's so many sunrises and sunsets to see. And mountains to climb. And deserts to dry out in. And whatever kind of environment works for you. Just go. Go have fun. And please, please, please enjoy your life a little more because tomorrow isn't guaranteed thank you if you've made it this far thank you thank you thank you and shall we ever meet in person or cross paths or had we crossed paths before i hope to see you again give you a big hug and share some stories Thank you.